please help me. I'm scared, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how else to say this other than I just saw a titanic skeleton in the woods of Lassen National Park. I understand this place is usually reserved for fun, creepy stories, but I have genuinely never been more terrified or confused. What I'm seeing is real, and I can't think of what to do other than beg everyone who sees this to contact me and send help. An hour ago, I was sitting on the front porch of my cabin, watching the sunset, and out of nowhere, this enormous rumbling filled the air. A type of rumbling that you can feel the vibration in your bones from. Concerned, my first thought was, maybe there's an earthquake. However, the problem with my earthquake hypothesis was that the ground wasn't shaking. It felt more like a rhythmic vibration, almost as if there were intervals. Clearly, it had to be something else, I thought. Simultaneously, I hear three branches snapping violently out in the distance behind my cabin, and I can see flocks of birds freaking out, desperately attempting to get away from that area. Not only that, I can see a thin layer of smoke or fog among the carnage. Immediately, my mind jumped to this being an active rock slide, which meant I needed to act fast and prepare myself in case anything was coming toward me. As I scanned the area to see if anything was headed in my direction, my eyes stopped dead back around to where I'd seen the first signs of trouble. For a solid minute, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I suppose it doesn't really do it justice. It, it was more like my brain completely denied the reality of what I was literally staring at. A hellish uh, abomination of a human skeleton towered over the trees. Note that I only say skeleton, because while it was close to the proper shape of one, it was entirely covered by a black film. I would tell you that the film was the thing's skin, but it undulated and popped in weird spots like an unfathomably extensive collection of maggots, all moving in spastic and discontinuous patterns. Pieces of the black mass seemed to fall off as it moved through the trees and scraped violently against branches. Its arms hung low to its sides, and massive three-fingered hands that fell below its kneecaps made no attempt to move the obstacles in front of it. Its long neck was the most inhumane part of its anatomy. If it was a regular-sized model, I'd assumed someone had borrowed it from a horse or a similarly shaped animal. Despite the goofy-looking nature of its neck, I could quickly tell its purpose was to allow the thing a much better range of movement to aid in its search for whatever it was looking for. This was made all the easier by the fact that it emitted two bright beams of light from its eyes that illuminated the woods below it. Silly as it sounds, it was like this thing had built-in searchlights that it used to scan every tiny being under its unrelenting gaze. By some miracle, the skeleton was a good enough distance away from me that it either hadn't noticed my presence or didn't care enough to inspect me. That being said, I was still effectively pinned down. Suppose I wanted to get in my car and drive off. 
In that case, that require me going into the cabin, finding my keys, starting my car, turning on my headlights, and manually opening a decently sized steel gate just down the road. There were enough steps in my head that I could very well alert it to my position. In an emergency, maybe I could plow through the gate. Still, considering the potential damage to my car, it may not have been usable to outrun the giant to the highway. Secondly, if I'm being honest, seeing that monster made me too frightened to move any part of my body anyway. Some of you may call me a coward, and that's fair. But when that early hominid part of your brain that saved our ancestors from cave lions and birds big enough to snatch children away tells you to stay put, you fucking stay put. Unfortunately, in staying put, I damn near lost my hearing when the skeleton opened its mouth and emitted what sounded like a profoundly distorted mule deer call. It searched around a small area for about ten minutes, calling out at different frequencies. All this before, I shit you not, it sneezed. It stopped in the middle of its call, waited a couple of seconds, and briefly switched to what sounded like a child on a loud intercom and said, Hello? I felt my heart drop as the twisted puzzle pieces came together. Before I knew it, my hands were glued to my nose and mouth, fearing that the slightest breath would send it over to me in a frenzy. It took a single step in my direction and flashed those demonic eyes over my property. Luckily, the cabin blocked me from that wretched light, but I'd certainly piqued its interest and it was easily tall enough that it'd be able to see me on the other side if it got close enough. It took another cautious step toward me and at a lower frequency repeated its inhuman question. Hello? At that moment, I knew I had to make a decision. Part of me was convinced there was a good chance that I would die, but that good chance would be certainty if I didn't act. My only real shot at survival was running into my cabin, finding my keys within a few seconds, and making a mad dash for the car. I'd have to hope that even after smashing through the gate, my car would have just enough left to get me into town. It was a poor gamble, and all in all I'd be giving up the one safety net I had and allowing it to know exactly where I was. Still. Anything had to be better than the thing tiptoeing its way here, seeing me anyway and turning me into a paste in its maggot-filled throat. Fighting every urge to run into the woods and hide under a rock, I summoned the mental energy to prepare for what was coming next. Cursing myself in my mind, I slowly and quietly turned toward the door to begin a race for my life. But just as I had done so, I heard a groan in the distance. To my surprise, it sounded like that of an actual mule deer. The skeleton must have picked up on the noise at the same time. Its long neck immediately snapped in that direction of the sound. Its wretched, searchlight eyes began flashing rapidly, and in the sloppy manner of a starving animal, it began to tear through the trees toward the noise as if the prey it was silently stalking just a moment ago never even existed. I took the opportunity to bolt back inside my cabin, grab my keys, and hide under my bed with my phone, a rifle, and a pillow to stifle even my most shallow breaths. 
It's been about an hour since it left, and I haven't heard anything from outside, but I'm too afraid to go out and check. I'm leaving as soon as the sun rises, but for now, I feel as trapped as I did when I was in the open. I made a quick call to 911 to try and explain to them what happened and request that they send as many units as possible out to me immediately, but as expected, they essentially thought I was on drugs and suggested that whatever I saw couldn't hurt me and to just sleep it off. Texts to my friends aren't going through because of the shitty service. Trying not to break down from frustration, I began typing this. At this point, all I can think is to write up this story detailing my experience and post it online in hopes that my internet miraculously works and that one of you can contact someone who believes me and send help. Or, in case it kills me, keep a final testament to my last few hours on Earth. The least I can do is let the people that care about me know that I didn't go crazy out here or get eaten by a bear. If anyone has any idea what I'm dealing with, please give me the information I'm missing. I'm unsure if there are similar stories around Lassen or if this is a first, but I need to know what's out there if I'm going to survive the night. Here's hoping. And once again, this isn't a joke for your entertainment. I'm not trying to scare anyone or be at the center of some urban legend. I'm just... A really scared guy who's desperate for someone to believe him. And I'm begging everyone that reads this. Please help me. Puppeteers. When Jake told me he had something to show me, I was curious but also a little worried. He'd been my best friend since junior high, and I loved and trusted him like a brother, but I also couldn't forget that three months earlier, he'd been in an institution instead of living across town. The story of that had ended with him being diagnosed with schizophreniform disorder and sent in for inpatient treatment, but it started by Jake freaking out in a college algebra class. I wasn't there, but supposedly he was screaming in some language no one understood and attacked his professor. And in the days that followed, he told the doctors that he'd been dreaming for weeks about living in another part of the world, though he wasn't sure where. According to his parents, he didn't remember screaming and biting his math professor at all. With therapy and meds, he got better over time. And if you asked him if any of that stuff had been real, other than the biting, of course, he looked embarrassed and shake his head tell you that it had been crossed wires in his head and that he was better now. And I think most people believed him. But I knew Jake well, maybe better than anyone, and I could see it in his eyes when he looked my way. He was lying, or at least holding something back. We'd started hanging out again fairly regularly, as life allowed, but I still felt tense around him. Not because I thought he was dangerous, but because I wanted him to be okay and felt responsible for watching him closely for any sign that he still needed help. But when he showed up in my apartment 20 minutes later, I could see he was excited, and it actually made me relax a little. The meds made him calmer and flatter in some ways, and while that was probably a good thing, it also made him seem different. 
This was more like the old Jake, full of energy and ready to tell you or show you something funny or awesome. He'd referenced a video on his phone, and when he came in, I saw he had his laptop under one arm. I raised an eyebrow at him. What, we can, like, look it up on YouTube or something? He grinned as he sat down the laptop on the kitchen counter and opened it up. Nope, not this. It's special. On the screen was a website showing what looked like a video from a camera perched high up on a pole or a building and pointed out over a multi-lane freeway in part of some city on the far side. There, the sun was bright, and you could see steady streams of cars going in both directions, and in the upper left part of the camera's view, you could see a long pedestrian bridge with people passing to and fro, oblivious to our scrutiny. I glanced at him. Is this live or a video? Jake grinned. It's live. It's in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Glance back at the video. That made sense. It was after ten at night where we were, but it was probably the next morning there. But still. Uh, I mean, that's neat and all, but I've seen city cameras before. Lots of places live stream now. Sir, some shut up. Here she comes. I followed where his finger was emphatically jabbing at the screen. Coming toward the camera along the footbridge was a squat woman with black and gray hair that looked to be in her late fifties. The image, while good quality, wasn't clear enough to show her face in any real detail, but her movements were stiff and strange, as though she were aching at every step, or maybe she'd slept walked the entire way there. I looked back over at Jake. Who is that? He gave a small laugh. <laughs> I don't know her name. Doesn't matter, but I know her. She's the one I've been dreaming about for months. My stomach began to curl in on itself. Jake, have you taken your meds today? He didn't look at me, but I saw his jaw clench and jump before he spoke. I did, but it doesn't make a difference. I'm not crazy. I never was. Just shut up and listen to me. He tapped the screen where the woman had come to a stop in the middle of the bridge. This bitch? I knew she was going to come to the bridge because I made her do it. I spent half the afternoon picturing it until I knew it had set in. My mind was racing with what I should do next. Did I call someone? Try to get him to the doctor? What if he got weirder or even violent? Maybe I should just hear him out and then go from there. Uh, I don't really understand what you're talking about. Still looking at the screen, he let out a long breath. <sighs> yeah, I know. It sounds crazy. That's why I want to show you. Just give me a second. I have to concentrate. Jake let his arms hang down by his sides as he stared intently at the video feed. After over a minute of awkward silence, he started to raise his right hand, first to his head, then above it, stretched straight up like he wanted to answer a question in class. I was about to ask what he was doing when I saw it. The woman on the bridge was raising her hand, too. Heart pounding, I looked between the video and Jake. He was raising his other arm in the same way, and about three or four seconds behind, the woman was doing the same thing. 
He turned to beam at me, and in my horror, I saw the woman turning to smile in our direction as well. What? What the fuck is this? Some kind of internet trick? He snorted. <laughs> no trick. I'll show you. Ask me to do something. Uh, something simple. I don't have good control yet. I started shaking my head. Look, I don't know what this is, but it's starting to freak me out. Jake scowled at me. Don't be a pussy. Tell me to do something. Simon says. Taking a step back, I rolled my eyes in irritation to hide my growing fear. Fine. Uh, jump up and down. Snickering, he nodded and began jumping up and down while keeping both arms up. After a brief delay, the woman started doing the same thing. And when he stopped a few minutes later, so did she. Okay, so uh, how are you doing it? No, I can tell you think it's bullshit. Pick something else, something harder. Look, I really don't want to... His face turned into a scowl. Just do it, okay? Gritting my teeth, I nodded. Fine. Slap yourself in the face. Hard. I thought this would call his bluff. Either the video woman wouldn't have done that, or if this was some elaborate hoax where he paid some stranger to mimic him through a hidden camera he bought with him or something, she'd hesitate to hurt herself. One way or another, it might stop whatever weird shit he was trying to pull. But no. He just smiled wider as he took a step back and placed a hand on the counter for support. That's more like it. The first slap across his face sounded as loud as a gunshot in the small kitchen, and he let out a gasp of pain as the right side of his face immediately started to redden. I was so focused on him that it took me a moment to realize I was seeing her mimic him in my peripheral vision. Same spot, just as hard. Jesus, what? He hit himself a second time, even harder. She did the same, and this time they were both bleeding from the nose when they straightened back up. Stop! Fucking stop! He gave a soft laugh, then struck himself a third time, hard enough that he seemed unsteady on his feet. When I looked at the woman, she was holding onto the bridge railing like it was the only thing keeping her upright. I turned back to Jake and grabbed his arm. Stop that shit right now! You're hurting yourself and her! When he grinned at me this time, I could see a film of blood on his teeth. <laughs> so you believe me now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shuddering, I gave a nod. I guess so. I, I mean, yes. I do. S stop hitting her. And you. I, I just... How? And then he told me. 
I started having strange dreams a year ago. It was like falling asleep as myself and waking up as another person. I've had dreams like that before, but not this long and detailed and real. I could move around for several hours sometimes, and I remembered all of it. I'd go out to the city. I figured out it was Kuala Lumpur, and when I was there, I could read and understand the language, even though I don't know any of that stuff and I'm awake. But the weirdest thing was, I was always the same person when I was over there. This woman on the bridge. It was like we were swapping. Now, I'm not crazy, and for a long time I just assumed it was some kind of lucid dreaming or something. I was dreaming versions of the same dream and just fooling myself into thinking it was real. This went on for months. And then one day I dozed off in algebra class. I really don't remember what happened because I wasn't there. I don't know if this woman is normally asleep in my mind when I'm awake in hers, but this time she sure as fuck knew something was going on and freaked out. Thanks to her, I wound up in the loony bin and now I have everyone looking at me like I'm Jeffrey fucking Dahmer. Even you. Don't deny it, it's okay. I don't blame you, but I hate it too. So I decided I needed to figure out what this was and try to either get rid of it or control it. I started trying different things in the hospital, reading books on meditation, self-hypnosis, even astral projection. Most of it is hippie bullshit, but I got a few ideas that helped me focus. I started feeling like I could feel her a little, even when I was awake, and over time I started thinking I might could make her do something if I could concentrate on it hard enough. The first few tries... It's hard to say it's not just in your imagination, right? I mean, how the fuck am I going to know if some lady in Malaysia picks up a pencil because I wanted her to? But one night, when I was inside her in my dream, I went walking through the city. It was early afternoon there, and I remember walking for miles until I got to this freeway and this bridge, and it was then that I saw the camera up above. I asked a teenager that was passing what kind of camera that was, and that's when he said the magic words. It's a streaming webcam, Mac Kick. He gestured at the woman on the bridge again as she started to wander off. I've been practicing with this for weeks now. This is only the third time I've gotten her to the bridge, but once she's there, I can see that it works, and when I'm done, I just kind of let go, and she wanders back home. I just stared at him. Jesus, man. That's a person. Even if this works like you're saying, that's fucked up to just take someone over and hurt them and stuff. Jake grimaced at me. First off, save your moral judgments. You're the one that's a slap in the face, not me. I never heard her before. Oh, really? What the fuck do you think she thinks when she wakes up halfway across the city and doesn't know how she got there? He looked uncomfortable at that, but gave a shrug. I don't know. And yeah, I I have thought about that, but I don't know her, and I don't know that she's not responsible for this in the first place, whatever it is. What I do know is that I'm not having people think I'm a nutter butter for the rest of my life. And if I don't know how to turn it off, I'm going to figure out how to prove to people that it's real. 
I let out a sigh. <sighs> Fuck. I get that. Not that I think you're crazy. Not really. I just thought you had like a breakdown or something, you know? But but this? <laughs> I don't know that it's even safe to tell people about it. He frowned at that. What do you mean? Even if you get people to believe you, how does that really help you? How do you know somebody won't just snatch you up to experiment on you or some shit? Jake's eyes widened. I hadn't really thought of that. I nodded. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a movie, but which part of this doesn't sound like some horror movie uh, sci-fi bullshit? I reached out and gripped his shoulder. Maybe. Maybe. Just leave it alone. I know you want to, like, vindicate yourself or whatever, but I know it now, and in time, other people will forget and treat you normal. When he started to shake his head, I gripped his shoulder harder. And if they don't, fuck them. But you don't know what this is you're messing with. And you're messing up a stranger who either doesn't deserve it, or is maybe causing it. Just... Just close the door and see if it goes away over time. Tears in his eyes, he began to nod as he leaned forward and gave me a quick hug. Thanks, man. You're probably right. When we parted, I kept that smile on my face despite the dark thoughts churning in my head. That the Jake I knew would never had hurt someone else, even to prove the point he was trying to make. And that when I looked over his shoulder at the webcam feed for the last time, the woman had stopped wandering away. She was standing further down the bridge, looking back at the camera, staring right at me. Two more weeks went by, and while I didn't see Jake, we texted most days, and he seemed to be doing better. Said the dreams were still there, but he could usually get out of them after just an hour or two. We'd made plans to go hiking next weekend, but then two nights ago, he was banging on my door in the middle of the night. When I opened up, he came rushing in, covered in sweat and clearly terrified. Someone's after me, man. I shut and locked the door behind him before turning to follow him into the living room. What are you talking about? Who's following you? He shrugged. I don't know for sure. I haven't seen them good enough, but it's it's the same red car for the last two days with a heavy tent on the windows. Why didn't you call the cops? Jake shook his head. They'd find out I just got locked up and think I'm being paranoid. You're the only one who knows I'm not crazy. I nodded. Okay, well, did they follow you here? I think so. I tried to lose them, but I, I don't know if I did. Moving past him, I went to the sliding doors leading out to the balcony. Opening them, I stepped out and looked down into the orange-lit parking lot below. My heart sank as I saw a red car parked next to my own, its windows too dark to see inside. Fuck. Oh, shit, are they... Fuck. I looked over at him, even as his face grew tight with fear. Oh god, it's her. She's here. He was right. 
I'd been focused on the car at first, but directly underneath it was a shorter, older woman with black and gray hair that... Well, I'd never seen her clearly, but I'd seen enough to know that this looked like her. What was she doing all the way over? She found me. I... I need to... I need to go. I don't know what she can do, what she's capable of. It, it's not safe to... His words broke off as he fell onto the floor of the balcony, his legs kicking and his chest shuddering. I leaned over to help but quickly realized I didn't know what to do. My first thought was to call 911, but then I realized how stupid I was being. This was all her fault, wasn't it? It wasn't a coincidence that she came all this way and then he starts having a seizure or whatever this is. Anger burning in my chest, I stood up, ready to shout down at her for her to stop it, to fuck off and leave him alone. But the words died in my throat as I saw her down there, staring up at me. Tears streaming down her cheeks, she looked tight with tension as she murmured out just a handful of words. No. Please. Don't. I'm sorry. And I saw the flash of a box cutter as she raised it to her throat and splashed it wet and wide. Even as she was falling over, I saw Jake sitting up and turning to look at me. His face split into a smile. Thanks for having me over. I think I'm okay now. I reached out to help him up, and when he met my eyes, I recoiled. Uh, sure, I... We need to call the police. She, uh, she, she's killed herself down there. He nodded and rose to his feet. Yeah, sure. We can call the authorities. They, sh they should be made aware. Another glance my way. Are you okay, too? I nodded and moved quickly off the balcony to get my phone. Grabbing it up, I stepped out of the apartment to make the call and waited in the breezeway until they arrived. Jake came out when the ambulance and the police showed up, and after we both told them several times that a strange woman we didn't know had hurt herself outside, they eventually left again with her body. I guess I should be getting home too. He smiled at me. Thanks again for your help. He sounded like I'd helped him with his car or something. See you again soon? I forced myself to meet his eyes for a moment. No. No, I, I don't think you will. I think it's better for us if you don't. The smile widened then. No, perhaps not. Still, my thanks. Have a good night. I shut the door and then bolted it, and even after I watched Jake's car drive away, I, I couldn't go to sleep. I didn't go outside again until today, but then I didn't have a choice. I was the only one there. A shabby funeral for an unknown foreigner that had inexplicably flown halfway around the world to commit suicide in front of a couple of strangers. Even the government-paid chaplain that did the eulogy could only speak in vague palitudes about the mysteries of life and things unseen. He came over to offer his condolences and... After an awkward pause, he asked me how I knew the departed. Tears in my eyes, I looked up and told him. He was my best friend.